are listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. for calling us tomahawks on broadway or 30 on tomahawk or what we're doing but it's the 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 boys from chicago tomahawk matt and and mike joining us nick and chris of course here 30 on broadway we're doing a little collaboration between the uh, new york ranger podcast and chicago blackhawk podcast on the network so uh thank you guys for joining us once again we had a lot of fun the last time we did we did a collab and God only knows where this one's going to go, but uh, yeah. Thanks for having us on, Chris. You know, I really like that Tomahawks on Broadway. You know, it kind of makes it sound like, uh, you know, like we're doing like a sequel to the Warriors or something. (laughs) (laughs) All we need is the little clicky. Yeah, we need the little We need Sully from Commando. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We got to pick him up at the bottom of that ravine. Come out and play. That's ridiculous. I actually wonder how many people are actually are going to get that. Just by the way, because I feel like most references that I know that I make get lost in other people, and that's a really good one. And I'm shocked that you know somebody else besides me would make that reference. Maybe we should do like a demographics of uh, an age demographics on <laughs> listeners, so that that way we can filter our jokes. Like. <laughs> I just—I mean, it's a, it was a hell of a reference. It's, been, it's fantastic. I just hope that like people listen to that like, what the hell are they talking about? All right, so I'm just gonna jump into this and oh, oh, oh okay. This is me for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Turkey. Yeah, man. I thought I had the taco hat, and I was looking for it, and I was like, shit, I think I have a taco hat still. But uh, yeah, Norm Macdonald, rest in peace. Unbelievable comedian. So just. I- I love, by the way, this. I love how you forget sometimes that this is an audio show and not a. Yeah. So, show. all right, Nick, explain no, to no, the no, audience no. what I'm doing right now. I, no, I just find it funny that you know it's kind of inverted, somehow. but it, it it is inverted. But Chris held up a lovely piece of you know like copy construction paper, paper with Turk you know, Ferguson it, on it. Turk Ferguson, yeah. Like, I swear to God, he went to Dunder Mifflin before uh, the show started to get some copy paper to, to, to write, you know, that he's Kurt Ferguson now. And, All right. Well, uh, it's a funny hat. Well, let's let's jump right into it with some, uh, I'll take condoms for 800. Let's jump right into it. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, don't, don't get me started. All right. So. All right. One of the great things about this show, we, we've talked about doing this for a while, and, and one of the great things with both franchises, a lot of action has happened for both teams, really on the Rangers side of the house and on the Blackhawks side of the house. You guys, I mean, how are you guys feeling going into the season, first off, with, with everything that's happened on on the on-ice side of the house? Um, well, from the on-ice side of the house, I'm really happy because there's a lot of key moves that needed to be made um, that – that Stan Bowman did. Now, I would probably say that 95 to 99% of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks fandom hate Stan Bowman, but uh, he made some very, very good moves this offseason, I believe. Um, You know, it's not a very popular belief, but, you know, Duncan Keith going to Edmonton is, uh, you know, it's it's bad. You want to see those type of guys retire with the organization you want to see their 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 jerseys go into the raptors you want to have a send-off at their last game in, in a blackhawks jersey but you know what this team needed some big changes and they needed to make them fast and uh, him going to edmonton really wasn't too bad of a deal for him because he gets to be closer to his family and his son uh, taking his place is seth jones and, and if that isn't one of the most divisive uh, topics this summer you know i don't know what is oh, yeah. uh, other than the delkovich you know suddenly being traded to to detroit you know seth jones has guys on on both sides of the aisle saying you know he's a great defenseman and, and he's a horrific defenseman you know but i think that he adds something to the blackhawks uh, that we needed 
and that was a, a shot from the point because he takes a lots of shot a lots of shots uh, from the blue line and we could really use that on the on the power play because our power play has been it pretty much non-existent the past five years this year we actually had a pretty decent run for a while going there but you know that didn't go all the way through the season um, adding in Jake McCabe on top of that is a huge thing because um, Jake McCabe is a is a very solid defensive defenseman. We're not looking for a guy to play a lot of offense. We've got that with Seth Jones. We have somebody to back him up with Jake McCabe, uh, which I think is is, is incredible. And um, getting maybe giving an opportunity to Wyatt Kalamuk to play with uh, uh, Cal- Connor Murphy on the second line, I think would uh, would be a good line and. What do you know? We have a defense, which we didn't really have last year. Now, the only weakness in this of having uh, established defensive players is uh, do we have a coach that can instill a system and change the the, the fortunes for the Blackhawks on a defensive end? Um, I think that Jeremy Colleton is going to have a very short leash this year. If the Hawks aren't successful by December, um, I look for Colleton to be gone. And with Marc-Andre Fleury and Nett looking to take this team where he can and, and Lankinen having a very big role model and a professional to model himself after and a, t- a teammate to model himself after. Um, I think that the Blackhawks have done a 180, but the weak point here is, uh, is Jeremy Colladin. Yeah, Mike, that, I think you got everything except uh, Tyler Johnson. I think, yeah. Uh, that's I something a little more on the meat for you. <laughs> Thank I, you. I forgot he went to Chicago. Yeah, for Seabrook. Yeah, for Seabrook's contract and uh, very underrated trade, I thought. And uh, I think last time we talked, was it about Keith? It was yeah, about we talked to you guys. Yeah, yeah, that was right. It was right when the trade happened. Right. Yeah, so we were pretty much down for a while, but then uh, that trade for uh, Jones kind of brought everybody back in and like, okay, here we go. We're starting over. We got a younger guy, and uh, we got him for what eight, nine years. So. I'm excited this year, boys. I think we're going to be a playoff team. I actually wanted to, you know, I'll make a statement on that, on that Tyler Johnson trade and why, why it's so big. You know, it's actually really big because, you know, the Blackhawks at, at center essentially didn't really have a center last year. They had uh, David Kemp, you know, coming onto the ice and taking faceoffs and then skating off the ice and having somebody else coming on to play the position. This year we're looking to have Jonathan Taves uh, at, at the first line center. I think it would be a good idea to have Tyler Johnson at second line center because he knows what it's like to play on a, on, on a top line. Uh, he can contribute offensively, has speed, and I think that he would play really well with, with Kane and Debrinkit. The only downside for that line is their size, but if, if their talent can outshine uh, their size, which you know Kane can do, that could be a really deadly line. And probably the biggest reason why I want to do that is because I want to have a Kirby Dock to have some of the burden taken off of him because a lot of people are expecting this kid who uh, in his first season came in, he was 19 years old and uh, he, he showed that he could play, you know, pretty, he could play the center position pretty well. And people were looking for him to have a big season last year. He was having a good tournament and then he got hurt wrist injury, which is a bad injury to have for a guy who has a good wrist shot and who's taking faceoffs. I think he was rushed back in uh, too soon. And he was having uh, lingering wrist pain in his wrist last year uh, while he was playing. So giving him an opportunity to develop, which essentially is his sophomore season on the third line, where he can kind of grow a little bit more, get into the rigors of, of playing in the NHL, a full 82-game season, and being healthy because he hasn't been healthy uh, the past two the past two um, seasons going into the season. Since he started. Yeah. Much. First season, he had a back injury uh, that he sustained in training camp. And last year, he uh, he had an injured wrist. So um, getting some of the pressure pressure off of him and getting him onto the third line where he'll face some, some softer, you know, some softer competition, give him an opportunity to produce and uh, shine in his uh, defensive game, I think would be great for his development. Yeah, I thought you brought up a couple of good points. And, and one of the things was, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with the Blackhawks and, and all the off-ice fiascos that have been plaguing the team. You know, you're you're a, I think you're being generous on the Stan Bowman. Thing. I think it's more like 98 or 99.9% yeah. <laughs> dislike Stan Bowman. And a lot of that could be for good reason. But, 
you have to give credit where credit's due. He's he's taken a team that really had no shot at anything and was trending downward in the in the worst way possible. And he's done some good moves here. He's done some good moves to really give a shot to the arm for the Blackhawks and to make it make it interesting for this team to to be competitive again. And one of those things like like you had mentioned, the Tyler Johnson trade, you know, Tyler Johnson has kind of gotten a bad rap because the, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been looking to move him for, it feels like, five years now that, that they've been trying to, to get rid of him. And it's not because he's a bad player. It's just because of the contract. It's it's the money and the things that they couldn't afford with him. So to be able to, to bring a guy like that in, to have Jonathan Taves coming back and all these other pieces is going to be huge for the team. I do like a lot of the pieces around the Hawks. I love the move for Flurry. I thought that was fantastic. I like having Tyler Johnson as your potential second-line center. What I wonder, though, if Johnson's your second-line center, where's Alex DeBrinkett in this equation? Left wings, second line. With Kaner. Okay. Cause it, correct, correct me if I'm right, didn't he also play a little bit of center? No. Nah, he's no, he's a winger. Is he? Yeah. I, I could have sworn. Oh, he's a winger. He yeah, carries the come puck Come on, more. now. He, he, carries got, the, he does carry the puck up the middle, up rushes, because uh, because it's either him or Kane doing it, <laughs> which, which, also, which is also yeah. very beneficial in the Seth Jones trade because Seth Jones loves to carry the puck up, uh, which will free up to Brinkett and, and, and Kaner in the offensive zone. Maybe but you're no. thinking of Strom. Because he was playing it might, okay, Yeah, it yeah. was Strom. But Strom, he blew yeah. the... Yeah. Strom yeah. is not really. He was brutal. <laughs> we both had one. We both Strom is a guys, center. You guys want to know? <laughs> we got the right one. We got the right yeah. Strom. We got, we got the good one. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. like Take ours. the other one. No. No. I am curious. Why did Bowman let Pius Suter walk? Um, For I watching think he, the Hawks games that I watched last year, he was one of the guys that – him and Hagel were the two guys that really caught my eye most nights when I watched Chicago last year. 100%. So I, I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't understand why Bowman was like, we're going to let him – especially because he was under control, team control. That Like, that to me made no sense. I think I he think wanted he, to get paid. Sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think he wanted to get him at 2.5, and I believe he signed – and Detroit for 2.25, 3.25. Yeah. yeah, he got himself a nice contract out of Detroit. He definitely he did, did. And he got himself some term as well. Yeah. And it was and a good piece a for Detroit. That's a good piece for Detroit. And he it got is. a bigger role in Detroit, yeah. too. I mean, I, yeah. I just, I, I was very curious. Though. When I saw that Chicago was not tendering him, I, I really wanted Chris Jury to jump all over him. Yeah. But that guy who I was like, please get him on the third line. Like, that would have been, for, from my standpoint, fantastic for the Rangers. Yeah, so he, I, could fit, he could fit in on any team the way yeah. he plays. I think the, the biggest problem that the Blackhawks had was that they had a few guys that they just didn't know what to do with. I think Hagel lucked out because I think he made the biggest impression. But we, we also had him and, you know, Kershev. You know, where is he going to fit into the lineup of going forward? Because he shows a lot of promise. Personally, I think that uh, we might be looking at they might give him a shot playing with Taves uh, because he plays he he plays good uh, he could back check you know pretty well and and he has no problem he's not shy about going to the front of the net uh, as well so uh, but 100 percent I was a I was a pious suitor fan or pious suitor uh, however you pronounce it if you listen to the podcast you know that I, I commonly refer to McDavid as McGregor. So, uh, so you could take that my pronunciation of of, of hockey hockey Zdorov. names as they are, and, yeah, Zadorov. You know, when I look at you know hockey names, you know, it's like it's a give or take with some of them. I can't, oh, yeah, I okay. can't make any, I can't say anything. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say, how about like Kapkaniemi? You know, oh, I, yeah. I could get that one, but like I'll be like Sergey Bobrovsky one time, and Nick never lets me live this down. I called him Sergey. By accident oh, one really? time, and it was like it was, it it was, was as if so, I committed murder. I mean, Nick so is like bad. going off the rails. It was, it was so bad. Being Ranger fans, we grew up cheering for Sergey Zubov. Like that to me is just—I mean, look, and being hockey fans, we love watching Sergey Fedorov. Like, how do you miss? But I was talking fast. Just, That's all it was. You just, 
It was not <laughs> only mispronounced, it was butchered so badly. I mean, it's whatever. I but would, then, I but then, like a Kokaniyami, I could get that one right off the bat. I could get so like some of these other ones. But then it's like the dumbest ones. I'll just completely butcher it. You say Kurashev though? Kurashev? Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> really? We're gonna do that? We're gonna start doing tests? Like? Yeah, we're gonna start throwing you out there like that live. Oh man. So all right. So Chicago Tomahawk again. Like I said, the the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks podcast of the of the Face Off Hockey Network, a fantastic podcast has really been exploding you you guys have had some knock them out of the park interviews of, of late and even though it's chicago tomahawk you guys do a lot you cover pretty much a to z especially right now in the off season and you know past episodes you guys were talking about team canada team usa which we'll we'll touch on here in a bit you gave rundowns on all the teams in the nhl uh, you had interviews with, with Jake Hahn, which was fantastic. Dave McCarthy was another one that was phenomenal. Um, just just the, the rolling off the cuff and, and just the hockey knowledge and hockey comedy that goes with, with those guys is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Dave's hilarious. Yeah, yeah he is. and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't properly prepared, prepared for Dave because yeah. he would just he would say things that would make me laugh right before I wanted to give him <laughs> a question. And I, I had to, I had to like try to compose myself, you know. Well, you got to tell them about like the like before we started recording, we we get into this little like waiting area, and I'm like, what the hell is that noise? It sounded like the freaking rainforest cafe in the background. <laughs> and he's like, hey boys, how are you? You know that so friendly Canadian. Yeah. And can you hear us? Can you hear me? I'm like, yeah, I hear you. Where the hell are you? He's like, oh, I'm in my backyard. <laughs> you both live in the freaking woods, yeah. surrounded by like wildlife. But yeah. he was so funny. He, he's dude. He's very, very intelligent. Very intelligent hockey man. Yeah, yeah. That group. That group in general is just on, oh, yeah. on Sirius yeah, XM is fantastic. I mean, they just they have a fantastic lineup. The the one guy from Sirius who I really want to talk to, besides Mick Kern. Mick Kern is probably my number one. I like Mick I, too. I I really want to talk to Boomer. I just Who? feel like Boomer. I love listening to Boomer Gordon. Yeah, I wanted I, to I'm jump me. on when he was doing his his Blackhawks, his Blackhawks uh, take whether they make the playoffs or not, off season moves. You know how he felt about the Seth Jones trade and that. Just because I had a completely different you know perspective, you well, know. Uh, I I agreed with him. With his point on, like I said, I am not a big Seth. I did not. Chris and I, we had talked about it when it happened. We were, I, I mean, I know I was, and Chris, I know you can attest to it, that how skeptical I was, not for the trade, because that to me made sense. It was the extension. Because yeah. that, that's a lot of, you know, it's full term, and it's a lot yeah. of money for a guy who. Last year, by his metrics of what he's done previously, was really bad. So it, it, it also was the Blue Jackets. It was, yeah. and I think that's what they're looking at. They're about they're they're counting on it as you know we believe in a in a new you know new system, new area. You know, um, the, the contract thing is done. He doesn't have to worry about that. He knows where he's going to be. That. All right, he's going to return the form. I'm just very, one of those that's very skeptical that once a defenseman starts getting close to thirty or is at thirty, you know, and over, I want no part at whatsoever. Like I, I just, especially at that kind of money, I, I just feel like you can take that money and you, yeah, you can get a lesser player, but you get a couple lesser players to round out the roster. Which was always where my philosophy was with the Rangers and Jack Eichel. Instead of ten million for Jack Eichel plus the, the pieces going to Buffalo, take all of that cap space, take all you know, take all of that, and build it around your team, spread the wealth, and become a complete team. Instead yeah. of you know loading for bear at that point. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna if, if you don't mind I'm gonna hit on both of those points. Oh uh, for sure. The first one with with Seth Jones. Is something we need to take in consideration is that the best numbers that he had is when he was playing with uh, when is when he was playing with the Breadman. Now, uh, I'm not going to compare the two, but 
Patrick Kane makes every single person that he plays with better. So Seth Jones's numbers are almost guaranteed to go up from where they were last night just by playing with Patrick Kane alone. Um, as far as the term is concerned, you know what? I think that what we're looking at right now is is the going rate for defensemen is going to be the $9 million range. And I'm going to tell you why. The, with the way that the collective bargaining agreement has gone is that they owe, I believe, the owners money. So the cap is only going to go up $1 million per year for the next, I believe, four years. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. $4 million. By the time they hit the fifth million, the fifth year, the cap is going to go up $5 million by that date. So within the next, say, two to three years, we're going to be looking at guys who are only looking for two to three-year contracts because they're going to want to cash in on that fifth year. When from today into to then, the cap will go up by $10 million. So in the long run, looking at Seth Jones's contract, the $9.5 million that we're looking at right now in five years, it's going to look at like 6.5, maybe $7 million today which would be a bargain for a player like that. Now, we'll see where his production is at that time, but based on, you know, the you, you could say inflation or or carrying or or carrying that cap uh with with a plus 10 million now in 5 years, um I think we'll make his contract bearable. Oh, I, and my I, my second point about how you want to spread the wealth on for the Rangers. You know what? I I I completely agree with you. Because I think the Islanders, you know, no disrespect to the Rangers here, okay? But if you look at the Islanders, they have Matthew Barzal, and who else do they have? I'm talking about superstars. I'm not talking about players. You know, Barzell is, you know, their, their superstar, their guy. When you look at the, the Blackhawks, they have Patrick Kane, but you know what? They also have a DeBrincat. They have a Hagel. Now they've got Fleury. They've got Seth Jones. They have these, these other named guys. I think the Islanders have shown that you don't have to have a, a number of superstars on your team to, to, number one, be competitive, and number two, go far in the playoffs. I mean, if any team took the the um, the bolts the furthest this offseason, as far as I'm concerned, the Stanley Cup Finals, it was that Islanders Bolts series. Yeah, that was and the Cup Final. That was two the Cup Final right there. Yep. Yeah. And with a player like, Ant, uh, you know, with the Breadman on New York, I think that they could build a really strong team around that guy. But I think that it starts off with the goalie position. They need to shore up that goalie spot that they have because, you know, with the Kion, I think that there's a hole that they have at, at goaltender. And I think that they need to shore up that position first and then move on from there. I'll tell you what, man, one of the most glaring trades that I think New York has made in the past 10 years that – I, I thought was crazy was Ryan McDonough. You know, Ryan McDonough is such a solid defenseman that, I mean, he's like a freaking anvil on, on the blue line. When, when I was watching the bolts, yeah, Victor Hedman is the guy there, but they would not have won a cup this year without Ryan McDonough at all. He was solid for New York and he was solid for the bolts. You know, how how is like where is New York in 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 building this team around uh, around the breadman? Because it kind of seems like you're taking a step back a little bit. You know, losing Buchnevitz in you know the offseason, I, I think is 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 taking the offense a step back and maybe putting more pressure on on the breadman. How are you you know how are you feeling about you know New York going into the season? I mean, they are a tougher team. By, Thank you. By uh, they they are a tougher team. I think you just gave Nick a heart attack. You got Revo. <laughs> I think <laughs> Nick just got. I think Mike just Revoed Nick. Like he's like stunned over here. <laughs> it, it, it hurts me because I love Bush. Oh, that was a terrible trade. Terrible I, I, trade. I love Bush. Yeah, I, I've always had a soft spot for Bushy, and just watching the way he developed and you know from where he was when he came over and. Being a third round pick, and you know, not many Ranger fans expecting Bush to develop into what he developed into, and just you know, seeing how he was dogged by not dogged, but just 
AV's terrible usage of him and scratching him for Tanner Glass in the playoffs. And terrible. David Quinn, you know, yo-yoing him between the fourth line and, you know, the tough love and everything. And Bush just rose above it and became, you know, really a part of the core of the group. And watching him go, you know, bringing in a useful player in Sammy Gray, but God, that one stinks. But I think it, 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 it's, it's, it's a shame because Jeff Gordon and, and, and JD did such a great job of bringing in young talent, drafting young talent, drafting Vitaly Kravtsov and Capo Caco, and, you know, then fortune shining on us and being able to get Alexi Lafreniere. Like, there were just so many young wingers in this group. One of them had to go. They extended Kreider last year before the before the, the pandemic shut everything down. And Awful I'll man. be the first to say it. I didn't want Kreider extended then. I really don't want him on this team now because I just six and a half million again, you could spread that elsewhere to players that will contribute more and you know, will not take nights off and weeks off, you know, like like Kreider does. I would much rather spend six and a half million a year on Pavel Butchnevich, who will give you penalty kill, power play, even strength production. If Kreider's not scoring, Kreider's not giving you anything. Butch is at least still setting guys up, opening ice for, for Zabanajad. He's creating for for his linemate. Kreider, if he's not scoring, he's a black hole because he doesn't know what to do because he has no hockey IQ. So it, it, it's one of those where I would have much rather taken that money and given it to, to Butch. So Butch leaving definitely hurts, but I think from where Drury was looking at it was we have all these young wingers. We have to move them up the depth chart. So now you're really, you know, you drafted Capo Caco second overall. So now it's time to, you know, come on, kids, sink or swim. You're Pressure. in year three. Yep. You know, it, it, you're in year three. You have a new coach. It's not going to be the same old stuff. You're going to, you know, you have a brand new clean slate here. Let's see what you do with it. But Tally Kraftsoff, you played really well in, you know, your 10, 11 games last year. Let's see what you do with that at ice time. Power play was, you know, probably second power play done. But still, let's see what you can do. What do you bring to the table? So I think it was just, you know, a culmination of a lot of things. But it sucks because what really does. The Rangers will feel not having Butchnevich on the on that left wing or on that right wing for at least the first month of the season. And I and I think the guy who's really gonna miss because Mika's not a a assist center. Mika is a goal scorer. So while he can create his own shot and get his own shot off, Mika also needs somebody who will help open that ice room. So I do think and I'm, I'm crossing my fingers on this, even though I hate to have a six and a half million dollar third line left winger. I would like to see Lafreniere with Zabanajad and Kako as the top line, because I think that would because Lafreniere is a playmaker. So I, I would really like to see how that works, just because I know what Kreider is and what he is is a one trick pony, and his one trick ain't that great. So I want to see what these young kids can really do with a lot more rope from Gerard Gallant. Because let's face it, Chris, you know this. David Quinn didn't give the young kids a lot of rope. Not until it was too late. So it's like, let, let's see what these kids can do when they actually are given a chance to show what they can do. And the first mistake you make isn't going to land you on the bench. Well, and I think to kind of back up to to what Mike led into the whole Ranger talk with, you know, with Hank to Igor, you know, going from having Hank, I think a lot of people really kind of it opened the eyes of a lot of Ranger fans because there, there was a, a small faction of Ranger fans that were, oh, Hank's no, not worth it anymore. Hank's not that good. He's overrated. And then now he's been gone and you really see what you've lost uh, from him being people. gone. Just by the way, we call those people jackasses. <laughs> okay. So, but they have a goal. Igor Shesterkin is a very good goaltender. He's going to be a very Ooh, good that's goaltender. A good one. 
he's he's going to be. They're paying uh, him like he like he's going to be. He's he, one. he at some point is going to be an elite number one. The the problem that the Rangers have had is Hanks last year, and this was partially on management and coaching. They they decided to run this three trick pony and goal between Henrik Lundqvist, Alex Georgie, uh, Georgiev, and Igor Shesterkin, and you can't run a three goalie. You can't run a three headed monster in goal. You can't do it. I know the NHL, a lot of it is that 1A, 1B style, and that works for a lot of teams. The, I don't believe in it. Which, yeah, Nick will say he that, does. That's even very difficult to, to do, too. Yeah, and you, you've got to have a perfect system to run that. And yeah. there's very few teams that really could could perfect that. Uh, we, we Last Vegas year, really. Do it. Last the year, problem with Vegas was they tried running that. Right, but like I would say like Minnesota was able to do it. The Coyotes, when either one of those guys could stay healthy, were able to do it. But it's very far and few between. Vancouver couldn't do it. They tried it with Holtby and Demko. It didn't work. Um, the the Look at Golden Dallas. Knights, you know, They're Dallas, doing, yeah. Holtby, Bishop, and uh, uh, I, uh, uh Yeah, now and now I, they've I, got I, a three. Yeah, yeah. They got four. 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 Yeah. four. Yeah. So you had no consistency. You know, you had Shesterkin getting jerked around in the goal. You had Georgie get jerked around in the goal, and you had Hank getting jerked around. Then you go into Quinn's last season, and it was this constant flip-flopping of of goaltenders, and Igor never got into a rhythm until they finally, for whatever reason, finally had an epiphany or whatever and said, you know what? We're going to ride the kids. We're going to give the kids time, and we're going to play Igor's our number one. And they finally made that decision, and it was too far too gone in the season, in, in my opinion, for them to do that. And it was the same thing with the kids. You know, they, they weren't giving Lafreniere any any time. They weren't giving Kako ice time or the ability to, to get out there and learn and develop. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the last three quarter, the last quarter of the season, they decide, oh, hey, well, we need the kids to step up now. And for the most part, they played really well. They, they played really well. The big problem with the Rangers, and ironically, Joe Thornton said this quite a few years ago, and he got kind of punched in the mouth when he said it. He came out and said that the Rangers were soft. And, and, it, and the statement wasn't further, it was, was anything but the truth at the time. Finally, you fast forward, I think, what was it, like five years ago that he said that, I think, Nick, or something like that? Yeah, his torts yeah, off. He said that ten years ago. That Was, was it that long ago? Christ, that was the black like and blue freaking, shirt Rangers, yeah. Yeah, so, well, Jumbo Joe is like 120 years old, so... Well, that was uh, Torts, you know. your head yeah. coach, right? And Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. So, yeah, it's been about 10 years almost. Yeah. And, Tor- and, and Torts fired back with, yeah, what does Joe actually want? Yeah, he's a, he, uh, yeah, has he won anything? Or maybe he should shut up until he actually That's wins what? something or whatever, yeah. which, I mean, love Torts. I bet Brooksy was the one who brought it up to him. Go, <laughs> <Good old> Brooksy. <laughs> There I are. guess that's what I'm saying there, Brooksy. Yeah. Um, you get beat up at the bus stop, Brooksy. <laughs> that was one of the best. That moment, and then not to go sidebar, sidebar, but Dan Boyle at the end of the season, oh. at, when he went off on both him and, and – Hey, who's that? Who's that? Where's that Bruce guy? That other <laughs> like, guy, Brett. Brett. Yeah, it was like, know. get him out of here. Like, But, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but in in all honesty, the team was soft. The bottom level of the team, the bottom six of the team, was 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 flawed in the terms of you had you had a guy who <laughs> the best moment that he had all season was he checked thin air, and that was Brett Howden. Brett Howden was one of the most useless centers. Look, look, he tried really hard. He tries he hard. That's he the credit did. that he gets. He tries he, hard. He played hard. He wasn't good, but he really tried hard. And, and, and in case you guys don't know what, what we're talking about with checking air, I, I will never forget this. Rangers are playing the Bruins this year. It's in Boston. And tensions were running high because the last game against the Bruins, Nick Ritchie had ran into Shesterkin. And uh, Igor got pissed. And so the, the, the team hadn't forgot that. There was a scrum around the net in Boston. 
And I, I just, I, I never forget this. I'm on Xbox and I'm talking with Chris and I'm watching the game and Richie goes behind the net to Howden, you know, in the, in the post was from. And Howden literally tries to cross-check him. And they're about three feet apart. Howden literally tries to cross-check him. Cross-check him misses him. And misses. I've never seen anything like I actually rewound my TV. I'm like, there's no way that I saw what I thought I saw. And I just come out with this line of, because I start laughing. And I just, and I'm just, I'm watching. I'm like, Brett, you're doing great, honey. And Chris goes, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, dude, he cross-checked air. He missed him by, and it wasn't even like he just missed him. He missed him by like a country mile. It wasn't even close. It was it was horrendous. But the, the the problem is you had they had him at the fourth line, and they kept going to him, and they just kept going and going. And I get it; they really didn't have another option. But Brett Howden isn't that fourth line physical, you know, get in your face, rough type of player. That right. most teams with a fourth line would would have it has nothing to do with goons. Right. I mean, he's an AHL player on a, on a good team. The problem with the Rangers and and what killed them, not just the Washington game, because everyone will point back to Washington and the whole Tom Wilson incident and say, "Oh, Tom Wilson wrecked the Rangers." No, there were there were moments like the Islanders punched them up and down down the ice. You know, they they got. They got shellacked by Boston. You know, any team that Pittsburgh, put up Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh smacked them around a couple times. Who I mean, wasn't that good, and Pittsburgh pushed them around. Yeah. So, really, at the end of the day, it wasn't that the Rangers. The, the Rangers knew that they needed to be tougher, and a lot of people will go, "Oh, well, now you're saying, oh, we need goons or we need enforcers." And, and no, that's not what it means. It just means that you need something in your lineup that will 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 punch back. Something that will make make the top line teams' lives a living hell for the night, and that's something that say Vegas, for instance, fantastic fourth line with with Reeves, Carrier, Nosek, Pat, uh, Pat, we'll say Patrick Wah. Wow, <laughs> Wah, wow. the he, different, he was the, tough. Different, the yeah, other Wah was tough. <laughs> the other Wah was tough too, but they put you know they had guys that you could throw them out there. They're not offensive. They're not overly talented, but they hit anything that moves. They're in your face, and it makes it more difficult. And in turn, that opens up ice for your other top line, and it takes a little bit of pressure off of your own offensive players because, one, they know that things are going to be kind of kept in check for the most part, and, two, you're creating more time and space for them on the ice, and you're also taking less pressure off of of them knowing that they're not going to have to run up a score. Or they're not going to have to produce scoring constant to make up for the back end not being able to stop the puck from going in. So that's where the Rangers kind of shifted gears with like the Barkley Goodrow contract. You know, the Sammy Blaze trade with, with Buchnevich was that to me was egregious. It was awful. There's no way around it. There's no getting around it. But at the end of the day, the Rangers need Capocaco and Vitali Kratsov to step up. And, and and Lafreniere as well, but more notably on that side of the boards, Kapokako and, and Vitaly Kratsov. This is the time to show up. And a guy like Philip Hedel in the third line center, he's got to take the jump. He's got to take the big step. So the, the ingredients are all there for the team, and I think they're finally starting to cultivate. And now when you'll see Igor Shesterkin get full reign of the net. He'll have full reign of the net. You've got other defensive pieces that are coming into play on the team and you've got more of what your true roster and true identity is going to be under Gerard Gallant, I think this could be a very exciting season for the Rangers. And it kind of goes to say it like with the Blackhawks. This could be a very exciting season for, for the Blackhawks with everything that they've done and the Rangers as well. Right. Yeah, it seems like they're both both teams in, in transition looking to make a move and step up into the, the realms of being uh, part of the contenders and not you know, on the outside, kind of looking in. I, yeah. I, I don't think the Rangers are a cup contender yet. I, I think now our window is just beginning to open. We, we went through the, the hardship of the rebuild and, you know, the, the hard parts of 
trading away Ryan McDonough and, you know, buying out Henry Blomquist and really closing. And, and I'll be honest, it, honestly, the last decade or so has been one of the greatest 10-year periods of Rangers hockey in, in this franchise's history. I mean, they went to, they went, how many conference finals did we go to, Chris? Three. Three, and we went to a Stanley Cup final. I mean, they were one of the better teams in the NHL. They played some of the most playoff hockey, you know, in the last 10 years. They, the only other teams that played more playoff hockey than us were Pittsburgh, Chicago, and L.A. Before, you know, the Rangers committed to the rebuild. It was, it was a really great chapter in Rangers history. And, you know, losing a guy like McDonough, it hurt. It hurt. It was understandable. It, well, I, I didn't like it, but I understood. I didn't like the return we got in trade, but I understood the thought process of you're going into a rebuild. You're, you know, your franchise number one defenseman when you come out of that rebuild is going to be on the wrong side of 30 and you're going to have to commit big money in turn for him to stay. Is it really worth it? Cause you're not going to be a cup contender for at least the next, you know, and it hasn't turned out five or six years. So I, I, I could understand the, the thought process by Gordon and company. It sucked watching him go for sure, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I, I can, I can live with it as long as you show me that where we're going with this, it's going to be worth it. You know, you bring in Panarin, you trade for Truba, you bring in Adam Fox, draft Nels Lundqvist, DeAndre Miller, you, you trade for, you know, you get Ryan Lindgren as part of a package, you get you draft Kako Kako, Lexi Lafreniere. Like, okay, now it's like, okay, as much as it hurt, get, you know, trading McDonough, it looks like it's worth it. At least because it, the future that we're building because of it, 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 it looks really bright. I mean, look, and I'm, and I'm happy for Mac. Mac got his two cups, so I, I, I'm thrilled because he deserved it. I always wanted to see him win as a Ranger. and I was a I, fan of his. I, I, I was a huge, I, huge McDonald's fan. And I was a fan of his when he was on the Rangers. I hate the Bolts. I was a fan of his. I'm still a fan of his on, on the Bolts. He's just... He's really fun to watch. He really is. And it, it's not because he does anything flashy or, or anything like that. He's a really good NHL defenseman. He just yeah. he plays the Chris, you're gonna love this. He plays the right way. Ooh, yeah. Sports term. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I say that too. I say it too. I, I mean he does play the right way. And what's his cap hit? I think it's like seven million. I thought it was six. I think, so, I think it's like six point two five or something. Uh, what are you, man? What are you guys paying Kreider? Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I think, but but I think the the problem with the whole <laughs> yeah yeah. But why I oh. see that guy's name in the trade rumors every single year. Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider, because Chris Kreider. he is Casper the friendly. Why ghost. don't they get rid of him? Then? Uh, that's his. That's his. Uh, his nickname has taken off. He is known as Casper the friendly ghost because oh, he disappears. Man. I think McDonough with Adam Fox, ooh, you guys. Yeah, I maybe think he, the... maybe he'll get along with Mitch Marner and uh, <laughs> Austin Matthews. <laughs> hey, he'd be April. perfect fit up there. He'd be yeah, perfect fit up there. I think the one. I think the one problem that the Rangers had with McDonough, and it wasn't McDonough's fault. And I think this this goes back to a lot of a lot of things that have plagued the Rangers over the years is having having that guy. And not much else around it. So in terms of McDonough, you had McDonough, and McDonough covered the deficiencies of Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, Dan Girardi and all these other guys, and it burned him out. And now he goes to Tampa, and it's very much similar to like Marion Gabrick when Marion Gabrick went from the Rangers to the Kings. It's the same why, kind why of thing. Are you doing this? I, but it's it's because it's the truth. It's the I, truth, and the truth hurts. I, all right, it does. But trying to, trying to get that pill to go down. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but they they go from yeah they they go from <laughs> they go from they need to be the guy to now Ryan McDonough Ryan McDonough doesn't need to be the guy in Tampa because they've got Victor Hedman, they've got Sergachev, they've got all these other pieces. They don't need him to be the top guy. The Rangers needed him to do everything. Yeah. 
Marion Gabrick, when he was here, they needed him to do all the scoring because no one else stepped up to the plate, really, to score. He goes to L.A. They got... Were you not a fan of Eric Christensen? They got... Oh, God. Oh, Daryl Powell? Like, really? <laughs> they they have... You know, they've got Kopitar. They've, they had... Was, Jeff was Mike, Carter. Jeff Carter. Mike Richards. Mike Richards yeah. Dustin Stoll, Brown. I mean... Dustin Brown. Yeah. You, know, you you literally just say Mike hey, Richards was their fourth line center. On yeah, the you, you you show up. These guys show up, and they're like, "Hey guys, I'm just here for the ride." Not necessarily, but we know they're huge contributors, especially McDonough. But it's like they're not. They don't have all the pressure and all the weight sitting on their shoulders anymore because there's nobody else to carry the burden. And I think, unfortunately, that's just you saw that happen. So you see McDonough now in Tampa, and you're like, "What the hell did they do that? Why in the world did the Rangers trade him?" And you could look back and say it was a terrible trade, but at the time, it was what made the most sense. It wasn't a. It was the return of the trade that was terrible. In the end, yeah, the return has been, yeah. Oh, no, no, not in the end. I said it then. I didn't like that return. So. You got multiple. It wasn't a good one. I like the draft pick, but all the players involved. Just remember, they traded JT Miller and Ryan McDonough. For Vlad Nemesnikov, Brett Howden, and Leroy Hayek. Yeah. That was a that was a thing. Oh, oh. That was a thing. And you and Brett Howden checked air. Libor Hayek last year checked himself into the boards. And I'm not making that up. I'm literally not making that up. It's Libor Hayek was like two can't stand. It's just Just by the way. Just by the way. His his schnoz, if you ever look at him, I'll tell you. Who cares? Dude, he looks like a goddamn toucan. Okay. I. <laughs> this is what happens when you're not good at hockey. I start looking at other aspects, and it's just like. Is this episode <laughs> sponsored by Bronx Zoo or something like that I don't know about? Like, I mean, I know. love the Bronx Zoo. Great zoo. <laughs> like, quite, quite, quite. No, please don't. Please don't. All right. All right, let's let's wrap up because this will go. So, you guys think the Blackhawks are making the playoffs this year? You think they're going to make the push in in a in a tightly contested Central Division? You think they're going to feast? You're going to think they're going to feast on the Coyotes? Who I their roster? Everybody's going to feast on the Coyotes. I think the Coyotes are going to feast on the Coyotes. (laughs) (laughs) They kind of are. Armstrong, that's kind of what he's going with. Glendale's going to do it for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think think Chicago's better than Nashville right now. I look at them. I I think Nashville, they're better than. I think Dallas has got so many freaking question marks. Yeah. Who knows? To to me, I, I would say, all right, you know, Minnesota, what's going on with, with, with Kaprizov? If he's not back in the fold, I, you know, him in the lineup for them did a lot huge. of wonders. It was huge. Um, I think Winnipeg is is severely underrated, but yeah. yeah, I think the I think the chances are there for 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 a Blackhawks team to make a run here. Almost kind of, almost not to to tie back to the Bulls, but it's almost like this could be the last dance for the Blackhawks, really. In, in I essence, so. yeah, could yeah. Be. Yeah, 100%, man. Uh, to be honest with you, the Blackhawks lost a lot of games by one goal uh, last year, and that was with no defense and uh, no centers. And, and now they have goalie. and a rookie goalie. Yeah. And now they have a Vesna winning goalie and an actual defense uh, prospects that are ready to take the next step and 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 four centers ready to roll. And, and on top of that, you got Patrick Kane and Debrinkit ready to just uh, do what they do, you know. So I, I think that they're looking really good. You know what? But you never know about the Predators, man. For some reason, you know, last year they they had I a really rough start out. to the season, and then out of nowhere, should have been dead. Know, they were, you know, they were they were lights out uh, heading Freaking into Soros. the end of the season. Well, it, yeah. it was. Sor- it was, you're right. Soros uh, was handedly kept them yeah, in there. You know. Yep. And then, you know, at the same time, Matthew Shane went out of the lineup. And as we've learned with every Another other team, Matthew Shane, oh, Matthew Shane has been on. I'm yeah. telling you, man, as soon as <laughs> Shane leaves, you, you get better. It's like, I, I don't understand it. I don't know what, what it is about Duchesne, but and I've always liked Matt Duchesne as a player. He's a good hockey player. It just but doesn't, like, something's wrong. He's a head, he's a head case. I think it's something's wrong. Yeah, it has to be. ego problem. 
It's got to be Bill Kessel for Matthew Shane. Oh, God. <laughs> Bill Kessel on the Preds. <laughs> I'll tell you oh what, man. They, man uh, the Preds would be to... smart to do that, though. The Preds well, would be would potentially be smart to do it. I I'll do tell that. you what. I'll tell you what, though. One thing about the Predators this year that I think is an interesting story, just because if they are not good, they're out of the playoff picture. Philip Forsberg, contract year. That's a hell of a guy to get at the trade deadline. If you're a yeah. They're going to keep him. They can't let him go. I, well, I, and, and I, plus I would, he moved. I wouldn't let him go, but, man. Look, I think the Predators are heading towards rebuild. I think the fact that they traded Ryan Ellis, they made other moves that they've done, they're signaling that. The the players that they left unprotected for Seattle to to have a pick at, I think that's where they're heading. Uh, Just, it's the nature of the beast. I mean, the fact that they traded Ryan Ellis to Philly just kind of even more so solidifies that. So I think the Central is the Central. I think is an interesting division because it's always noted as a tough one, but I it's did. it's more spread out. To there's more there. You know where can everything go? Can is is the Central going to put five teams? Because the Pacific's not good. We know the Pacific's not good. Yeah, you know that the Ducks aren't going to be there. You know that Vancouver probably isn't. That I so they might be number give, three. That I think is going to give. That might. I'm actually going to pick them for a wild card spot. I think the LA Kings are going to be really competitive this year. I agree with you. They could I be. I do too, but I think they're going to be that third spot for the Pacific. So there's going to be no wild card for the Pacific. I think it's going to be Ooh. two central teams. Because I, I, right. I could, I could very, I could very easily see LA sneaking up on that somebody and, and taking a wild card spot, maybe second spot. If but, you think about it, there's only one spot for grabs. It's going to be Vegas and the Oilers. And the Oilers, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could be right though, because yeah. I, I, there, there's something about LA, and I saw it last year. They weren't quite ready last year, but they were hard to play against. I, you know, Jonathan Quick is, is, is shot. You know, you can clearly tell he's not the guy anymore. Cal Peterson is going to be the guy in net for LA, and I think another year their blue line is getting better. Tobias Bjornfoot, I think is, you know you're going to see him, you know, really make a name for himself on the Blue Line for LA this year. And then Quentin Byfield, I you know I think they, they got so much center depth. You got Alex Turcotte too. They just drafted Turcotte, and you yeah. got Velarde. You know, Kopitar is still a number one center on this team. Man, like that. Yep. They they are good up front. They, got they did a good job. They they got a, that trade with uh, the Predators to yeah, for double, they, to double down Arvidsen. on that Arvidsson yep. to L.A. That makes them yeah. tougher as well. So and I Philip mean, Deneau. They got him to Kopitar. L.A.'s definitely boosted themselves up in the Pacific. And that's going to take a lot of pressure off Kopitar, just by the way. Oh, hell yeah. Kopitar, he's a great two-way center. Maybe he should, he should have you know at least two or three selfies if it wasn't for Patrice Bergeron. I just... It's one of those things where having to know now he doesn't have to worry about being such a great defender all the time. He can go back to yeah, go score, yeah, go score, man. Like I really think getting to know is really going to take Kopitar's game Huge. back. Seventy-five, eighty points at the least for Kopitar this year. I think. I, I think he's going to have a huge year. I I really like LA. I do. You know, it's funny the uh, Dino came up uh, with the Blackhawks. And when they gave him a shot, he wasn't scoring, and and that's essentially why he you know he got shipped off because they wanted him to score. Little did they know that he would turn into you know, such bowl. a great a great defensive specialist. You know, he he has been, and I I always I I remember when he came over to Chicago, I liked him, and somebody said to me, he's like he doesn't score. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. okay. I'm like I'm like, dude, scoring's not the only thing for a center. You know, you can be great defensively. That is a skill. Right. Like, pe- people forget, when Sean Couturier came up with the Flyers, not known for his offense, he was a shutdown center. He was your typical, you know, third-line checking center. And, you know, he was, what, 18, 19, 20 years old, shut down Evgeny Malkin in the playoffs. Like, that, that to me, I, I still find it hilarious when people are like, yeah, but he doesn't score. It's like, dude. There is another side to the game. Yeah, at the at the time the Blackhawks were dying for a center next to uh, 
Patrick Kane, though, like they were looking for a guy who could, you know, shoot or or pass next to him. Um, and, and that's where they had the blinders on looking uh, with with Dano, to be honest with you. Yeah, former Ranger uh, Anisimov was yeah. pretty, pretty damn good with Panarin that year. And, that was an yeah. exciting line. He just yeah. needed to skate. That's all that he did, man. And uh, yeah, just look. <laughs> I was I was telling you, uh, what was it? It was uh, it was Kane, Artie, and uh, Artemi, right? That was yeah. the uh, yeah. that was yep. the line, right? Yeah, right. Now the the year Kane won the Hart Trophy. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Panarin got the uh, Rookie of the Year, I believe, didn't he? Traded for Sod again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was uh, that was Kane and Taze. They wanted him back. Yeah, I don't I think, think it was more taste. Yeah. I don't think they knew that it was going to cost Panarin, well, but well, what's his name? Uh, Hosa. The Hosa was was done, and they yeah, need and they needed, a, they, yeah. they needed a they needed a they needed a winger next to Taves. So they wanted to bring back his, his equipment allergy. Yeah, <laughs> that that still makes me laugh. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. I find that one is there. I've seen a lot of really good like LTIRs. But that one was fantastic. Guys been using the same equipment for like thirty years. Oh, all of a sudden I'm allergic to it now. Okay. You know they say when you after you hit thirty, you know things start going downhill. You know I can't, you know I can't say for uh, for Hosa's case. You know I, I'm just glad he's. I can't there. confirm that is true. I can't confirm your deny. I can confirm one thousand percent. Wait till you hit thirty five, then it's oh, just yeah. over. It's like whatever. I have a bruise. I have a bruise from playing hockey. This is a stupid. This is stupid. As a goalie, you still have and actually, bruise. Matt, my action. No, I don't have the bruise. I have the freaking oh. nerve damage from it. I went down to block a shot, and the puck caught in between my pants. I don't know how, and the leg guard, and I got the- caught right above my kneecap, and I had a bruise for six freaking months. Wow, and it's I had it's so bad that two years. It's been two years. I still, if I overexert this leg, I could feel the lump from where the puck hit, and my leg will go numb. Oh, and they're like, you they're know, like, guess what? Nothing you could do. I'm like, what? <laughs> do you know Cam Ward got that injury? He's been it's, playing goalie his whole life, and he did not have the pad that's attached to the leg pad. Now oh. they make them. Man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I used oh, to get really? hit there all the time by my own freaking teammates in warm-ups, and I'd attack them like, what the hell are you doing? Shoot at my freaking – and then shoot at my head. Yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah, those are the best. Yeah, the head shots. They're like, oh, sorry. It's like, really? That's, that, that's my first practice in high school. I'm five foot two, maybe 90 freaking pounds, soaking wet with my equipment on. Freaking seniors are shooting shots at my head. Cracks my helmet right here. It cuts me open, and I'm like, oh, wow, man. this is going to be a shitty high school run. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, being a goalie, it's rough, man. I still, I still get some stuff. I, I get my ears ringing at random times, and I get, like, a, a blank stare. My wife's like, you all right? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> oh, don't just, worry. Uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a goalie. Just don't some, worry about Just it. a concussion issue going oh, on. Just the headaches, the daily yeah. headaches. It's like, yeah. Oh, does that all the time, but I think that. It's just, you know, who he is. I don't think it's anything <laughs> related. What? Yeah, see what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> but all right. So as far as that all goes, I, I still, at the end of the day, I would rather be in the Western Conference on the Blackhawks side of things than in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah. Because the Metropolitan Division, again, is 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 going to be potentially I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Here's why. Well, who you, I, I mean, who are you putting? I think Carolina has taken a step back. No, I agree there. I, I don't Pittsburgh, agree with that. Pittsburgh defensively is Gold not that good. Crosby's out Gold for a little while. Yeah, Crosby's right. going to be missing some time. And Malkin. Malkin's on the back end. Of the per spirit. usual. He might, he might be missing some time. But you know so, if one or the other's out, you know what yeah, happens. Jr. They, 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 Malkin. Both, they both might be out at the same time. I... I'm not a big believer in Pittsburgh. I think Washington has finally hit the point where, okay, a rebuild is upon us. I agree with that, too. 100%. Like we, we, we might not want to admit it or face the facts on it, but it's here, and it's looking as feels like. 
They've won. You know how many playoff series they've won since they won the cup? Carol, zero. Oh, that's well, how it was. Just, that's how that's how it was before they won the cup too. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, come on, that was I, nothing I mean, new. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. <laughs> they were, yeah. But, he was the beast. That's it. I, yeah, he I was. Think, I think the only real team in the Metro Division right now, because they've proven it the last couple of years. Oh, it's the Islanders. The Islanders. So no, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that. I think it was Galan at the helm. Man, I the Rangers to me, I would almost lock them into the top three teams. I think as, a lot of things have to break. I think a lot of things have to break the right way. And I think a lot of that rolls back to what we talked about earlier, Kratzoff and, and Kako. A lot of that's going to ride yeah. on those guys. But I do think the thing that, that bodes well for the Rangers, the talent is there. Zabanajad. Yeah, it is. No, it uh, is. Lafreniere, Fox, Truba, and then I think with the new boys and not having all the garbage with Quinn and D'Angelo and all the stuff that went wrong last year, I this Ranger team I think is going to be a little bit deadly for some teams to look at this year, especially in the Metro. I will say this. Uh, The Devils are in the Metro, aren't they? Yep. You know, I think based on what Dougie Hamilton has to say, they may be the team to beat in the Metro because he believes they're Stanley Cup contenders. Oh, Oh. I signed with them to win a cup. That's what he said. You got to believe Dougie Hamilton. He signed with the Devils to look at the beautiful skyline in New York. (laughs) I signed with them. I signed with them because they were the only team willing to pay me $9 million a year. Yeah. I do think Dougie Hamilton is a hell of a defenseman, though. Oh, so do I. I love Dougie. But I well, he got paid. Devils, he got paid. The Devils were the only team really willing to go nine million a year for Dougie. Enjoy it. I think that it says a lot that they're sending uh, Kotke Niemi a six point one million offer sheet, and they weren't willing to give Hamilton a nine million dollar deal. Because if you take a look at this guy, he doesn't stay in one place for more than three years. You know, I think that he kind of, maybe he maybe he's That's a head true. case, or maybe he wears out his welcome. I but, think he's uh, just different. I I, I don't think. Prototypical hockey hockey player type mold. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, because like I remember when he got traded from Boston to Calgary, they said in Boston, like part of his thing was, you know, he wasn't like a lot of the other like he didn't want to do a lot of stuff the other guys were doing. Like he wanted to go to museums on off days. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just one of those that he just he probably would have been better suited to be a goalie because <laughs> he's just different. Yeah. So it's like. And I think when you're a goalie and you're different, nobody cares. Because that's just, you know, yeah, you like having... Weird. Yeah, Yeah. well, you know, no offense to any goalies out there. Because, you know, look, no, I'm taking... you know, I, I, I <laughs> wanted to be a goalie. But, like, it's just, if you enjoy having puck shot at you, you're definitely a little bit, you know, it, it, it's a little bit different there. Well, someone's you know, got to stop it. No one enjoys it. <laughs> 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 like, but I, I, I think that's the one thing about Dougie. I think Dougie is just wired different, and I don't think a lot of he I, likes to go to museums. He just Remember. likes to be different. You know, he like that's what I said. He likes to he likes to do his own thing, and I think that rub same way with PK Subban. With I think PK wants to do his own thing, and I think that rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way because you should want to fit in with your teammates. And, do what your teammates do. Some guys are like, no, I just want to be me. Leave me alone. Yeah, you I know? wouldn't give a shit just as long as you do your job, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm here to yeah. win a cup, not make friends. Just don't yeah, turn yeah, into yeah. Eric Carlson and we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say to him. Yeah. Oh, don't be, play don't your turn. fucking position and stop turning the puck over. <laughs> 13 and million stop. Nothing. Stop breaking your damn ankles. Yeah. Stay healthy, that, please. That hurts. I like oh, it. Lord. I love, and for the oh, God, God. cut that pirate mustache goatee that you got going on. Johnny Depp. Jeez. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, heard I was, what Eric I was expecting Eric. you to come out with that dude, bandana. And like, he looks like a dude sitting at Starbucks with his man bun writing about his novel. Eric Carlson. <laughs> that's, that's who Eric Carlson is. I, and really, I get a million assists, and I'm a minus one million. I deserve the Norris Trophy. I I really believe that Eric Carlson, when he retires, is going to move to Vegas, 
and be part of that pirate show by that one. Oh, at Treasure <laughs> Island? At Treasure <laughs> Island? Yeah. I'm like, this is I what think, I always wanted to be. He'll get injured climbing up the ropes. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we close it out, obviously, Nick and I, 30 on Broadway. Mike and Matt, plug the Chicago Tomahawk. You could uh, check us out on Twitter at Tomahawk Chicago or just Google Chicago Tomahawk and we should pop up. We're on all streaming uh, podcast platforms and uh, that's what we got. And if you haven't listened to them before tonight, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, go go look up the – they just did an interview with Jay Fresh Hockey. Which was really good, um, yeah. You know the the interviews that you had with with Dave McCarthy, Jake Jake Hahn's been on a couple of times. The Dave Hansen episode is one of the best. Yeah, that man, that episode. I mean the just in terms of him himself as a guest, but just in terms of that interview was more of like just three guys hanging out, just shooting the shit, and just mm-hmm. having a natural like conversation. It was like the perfect. It's it's every interview you could possibly want as both a host and a guest because it was just it was it flowed and it was just it was funny engaging everything. We um, learned a lot right from, right from the beginning. Right yeah, the beginning, I mean right, right off right the bat, up. just I mean it was from the top rope. It was just it was Hanson. It was Hanson, Hanson esque right off the right off the I, bat. I learned a lot from him with that cameo I got from my father, <laughs> and I'm just like. I just wrote a bio for him, and he's ripping me a new one. And I'm like, well, I'm unbelievable. He's an anti-goalie guy, so we're going to try to get him back. And yeah, he's funny, man. He, believe it or not, he texted me the day we traded for Flurry, and he goes, hey, Matt, hope you're doing well. Enjoy Flurry. That's what he said. I'm like, okay. And then, and then a thumbs up. Yeah, just a thumbs up. He's very, that's it then. He yeah, won't type I'll be like, hey, how you doing? Emojis. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Well, there you go. So, all right, there you go. Chicago Tomahawk 30 on Broadway. This was uh, Tomahawk on Broadway. Tomahawk we'll dub on it Broadway. as Tomahawk on Broadway. Warrior sequel. Well, yeah. <laughs> we might be onto something there. You warriors better keep moving. What's that lady? <laughs>